And welcome back to the Project 24 YouTube podcast. This is episode 24. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back. So glad you're here listening. I am here recording with the wonderful Anna. Oh, uh, this you. is going to be <laughs> really, really good because we've been having conversations about, okay, a, a common sentiment, myself included. I am not excluding myself from this, and I'm sure Anna would agree with here, is feeling like with your YouTube channel, does YouTube just hate me? Like, am I just doing something wrong? Why is my channel not growing? If it, you know, early stages, uh, my channel is just not getting traction. Uh, does YouTube just hate me? The algorithm never shows my stuff. Like, what's wrong with my channel? Or even with a larger channel, uh, I was on a live stream yesterday and people were asking, someone had 75,000 subscribers and they're like, I, my channel's plateaued. What the heck is wrong with my channel? Mm -hmm. It's a common thing. Mm -hmm. And I've, I know I've felt that way. Anna, can you relate? On yes, yes, I can relate. Um, you know, working on a few different YouTube channels at various audiences and views and subscribers. At some point, yes, I've definitely felt that way. And like, hmm, like it's like the ghost town face uh -huh. for blogging, but for YouTube, basically. Yes. Where Crickets, where are they? <laughs> exactly. Where is the audience, right? And so what we're looking at here with this mm -hmm. is basically... A check-in point. If you, I don't care what size your channel is, 150,000 subscribers, a million subscribers, I don't care. Brand new, one subscriber. Uh, this is meant to be a way to help you check in. Just kind of do a health checkup <laughs> on your channel and see what is going on. So we're going to ask a series of questions. So as you're listening to this, if you are wanting to workshop this yourself, you can pull out a pen and paper or some notes on your computer or your phone. And, and you can pause this podcast and answer these questions for yourself, right? And some of them, uh, spoiler alert, might take a bit of time to answer, but you can answer just high level what immediately comes to mind for many of these. But as we're asking these questions, we're also going to be discussing them and giving additional pointers and things to, to help you out as yes. you're working through it with your own channel. You so ready? Get out your scribe and your, what is that thing? <laughs> ink and your, scribe? Your ink, yes. Your uh, uh, quill. Yes, yes. Your quill and ink, right? Yeah. I'm sorry, you invited me on, so there's going to be some <laughs> corniness now. <laughs> I am glad you're here. <laughs> Thanks. It's actually much more, it's much more fun. We've talked about this. It's much more fun to podcast with with other people. Yeah, it's, it's hard to go on your own for 20, 30 minutes. I hand it to you. Oh, I know. I, I know several times it, I've sat here and recorded. And I'm like, man, this feels like it's been forever. I look down, it's been like 15 minutes. I'm like, man, I don't have anything else to it's say. It's all condensed. No <laughs> back and forth. <laughs> all right, let's start in the questions. So you have your channel. Very first thing I'm going to be asking myself, you're going to be asking yourself, if you're feeling like YouTube hates you or your channel's just stuck, it's plateaued, whatever, is, is there an audience for my content? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, Anna's uh, laughing at this because it's so uh, important. And these are kind of in order of priority and they build on each other, a lot of these questions actually. They're very intentionally in the order we're going to deliver them. Now this first one's interesting because, and feel free to share you, the thoughts you have, Anna, but for me... One of the biggest mistakes, especially if don't come from a background of uh, maybe you got a degree in business management or, or entrepreneurship or that kind of thing, is it is often we are creative and we think, I just want to make something because I want to make it, or there's something I think is hilarious or fun or interesting, but we don't pause to think, is there actually an audience for this? Mm -hmm. 
Is there actually a group of people on YouTube that wants this? Yeah, I actually had that exact kind of topic question in a mastermind yesterday. Um, a member was like, I am just kind of at my wits end. I want, they were actually doing blogging, but they told us they didn't enjoy writing so much. And so I was like, hey, what about YouTube? And they were like, I really just want to create something, you know, create mm. something. And yeah. like, That's great. But also need to create something that there is a need for out there, right? Like a, a solution to someone's problem. So yeah, there's got to be some sort of end to it. Not just, unfortunately, you know, it can work eventually, but we need to help people first and answer their questions. Yes. Yes. And also I would even add to that. This is a great point. I would add it. An audience on YouTube is interesting because it can also be, are there people just interested in this thing? Are, are there people that want entertainment mm -hmm. on this thing. And so we're not, we're not saying that you can't just make content or videos just because you want to, and you don't want to worry about the audience. That's just fine. Mm -hmm. But in many cases, if your goal is a project 24, <laughs> which is yes. why you're here, yes. you want to make money from it. You want to do something with it, help people, entertain people, you know, connect with people. Then this is the first one foundational. Is there an audience for it? How do you find out if there's an audience for it? Well, I got a resource for you. Phase one in the YouTube system. Uh, you're going through your industry audit and your drafting, especially. Uh, those two things are going to give you a really good sense. If you need a refresher, go back and do them again um, because they will let you know, is this even on YouTube? And if it's not on YouTube, then it might be something to kind of take a step back and say, huh, okay, do I need to alter the idea I have for my channel? Mm -hmm. I know it's so hard when uh, you see a member who is trying so hard, working so hard on their channel, but then you look at their their topic and what they're trying to do. And it just, it seems like it is. They're trying to force something that's just not there. Yep. The audience that's isn't there. The need isn't there. And they're doing a great job. But if the audience isn't there, it's going to be so hard. Yeah, and I love that you said that because there's also a factor in the type of uh, content you make, like your archetype and your style of content. Because um, I'm just using an example, people people may not care uh, to see reaction style content about trimming bushes. <laughs> uh, they they may not care about that, but maybe they actually want how to stuff. And I'm, that's just a silly example. You could probably make some content around that, but that is this case of. Uh, what's that square peg into a round hole type mm -hmm. of thing where yeah. it's it's if you're trying to force something to happen for an audience it's going to be an uphill battle mm -hmm. you're going to be forcing you're going to be i always think of the analogy of you're in in the jungle and you have a machete and you're <laughs> the one forging the path right yeah it's going to take a lot more work than if you just follow someone else or a bunch of other people mm -hmm. that have already found an audience it's it's drafting yeah. in a nutshell right and I'm glad you used that example because in both cases, you're you're going to be exhausted. You're going to get worn out. You're going to uh -huh. burn out. <laughs> There's only so much energy that you can put into something before, you know, you don't see results, you know, and you want to quit, unfortunately. Yeah, because yeah, there is that time element mm -hmm. also. You've got to stick with it over time. And, and that's actually a, a thing we're going to talk about a little later. But yeah, um, I was just going to say I, for members in general with Project 24 blogging or YouTube, you have to see some sort of little glimmer of hope in the beginning, some sort of tiny little reward to get that motivation to keep going on. Whether that's like literally one view on your video, three views, like at least three people out there liked my first video, you know? Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, you have to have a reason reason to keep going. Yeah, and I love that you brought that up. Very well said. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, next question. Are the video topics or ideas matching the audience? Is the content I'm producing on my channel, is it matching that audience? So first question, is there even an audience? Next one is, is what I'm producing matching an audience? Now, notice I'm not addressing, like, if you haven't already started your channel, you don't even really need this <laughs> because you don't even know. This is if you've started your channel and you're publishing, most of these questions will be more applicable to you then. Um, so th this next question, are the video topics or ideas matching the audience? This one comes down to, again, knowing your audience really, really well. Like, are, are there similar channels that have s very similar videos that are being successful and uh, am I making that type of video? Or am I going off the deep end or trying to, again, forge my own thing? Maybe I have my audience right, but maybe the content I'm producing isn't necessarily proven or tested concept or uh, content on the YouTube algorithm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. I just keep thinking of examples in my head of, of seeing channels, certain I love channels, examples. talented yeah. people who are creating YouTube channels and are doing well, but... They, they may have, you know, a couple thousand subscribers, but they're stagnant at that because there's a ceiling to uh, their audience, the people that are interested in those types of videos. But you don't want a ceiling. You want a whole ocean of people. You know what I mean? A very yeah. large portion Love of that people analogy. that are interested in your content in particular. Mm -hmm. And there will be different audience yeah. sizes, you know, yeah. some audience channels uh this you'll get a sense of this as you're drafting your your understanding your industry you'll see some audiences that about the largest channel in that audience mm -hmm. is about a million subscribers and that's a pretty good size right mm -hmm. there will be some where the largest channels 50,000 subscribers and that's a very different playing field you can still do very well um it's just being aware of that knowing yeah. that and that's okay too i mean we could we could talk about this all day long but there's yeah. ways to monetize a 50,000 subscriber channel very very well and make yourself a very nice living doing that so yeah. not to say that that's a bad thing or anything yeah it's more of an awareness thing yeah. i would say that's great all right next question is the marketing matching and appealing for the audience now when i say marketing of your videos is the marketing for your videos matching your audience and appealing to that audience, specifically titles and thumbnails. Mm -hmm. Are they appealing for that audience? Because you've got, okay, the, the topics or ideas, that's good. Next, are, they, are you marketing it in such a way that the audience knows that they want your content? Okay, so you can kind of see how it's building itself up here. We've got, okay, audience, next is are the ideas, and next is the marketing of the ideas for that audience. Mm -hmm. So how do you fix that? You get you dive back in, you get really good sense of you have the data, however small from your channel. If the baseline on your channel is a thousand views and you have a video get 1200 views, even a slight variance is enough to give you some data uh, on what's good versus not what's not good with your own audience. Now, you also have access to all of this data um, with when you're drafting, you're looking at the other channels that you're kind of following, you're seeing what they're doing. You also have the same data and especially the recent data. If they have a video, if their normal is 10,000 views on a video and they have a video get 20,000 views, ah, I start taking some notes. Mm -hmm. How did they market that? Because the idea, right? But also what about the thumbnail? What about the title? What are those things that you think kind of connect some dots in your own mind with your own audience that, that did, that caused that video to perform that way? 
Right, because that's the first thing that people see. Like before they click on it, that's the reason they end up clicking on it is because of the title and the thumbnail. Um, otherwise, if they don't know what's going on in the video, they are not going to click on it. Um, and another cool resource is here in the community, if you're a Project 24 member, you can post, you know, different thumbnails and titles and ask for people's opinions on that. I've seen people do that a few different times, and I think it works really well. And people give really honest feedback, but which is, is good, so... Yeah, I, I've loved seeing those posts also. Mm -hmm. There was one just a week ago or something. Somebody posted like eight different thumbnail options and had <laughs> people vote on them. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. And in terms of this also, this one, luckily, you have a bit more freedom to adjust after the fact. So if you are finding that your stopping point is this question in this check-in, health check on your channel, this question is the marketing or matching and appealing. If you're like, ah, you know what, I don't really know. Put some extra focus into it. Specifically, go in the YouTube system to the lessons about titles and thumbnails. And feel free to adjust as you see fit. Uh, as of recording this, I just published a video this morning that was not doing that great on Channel Makers. Mm. And by not that great, I mean, it was it was decent. It was like mm -hmm. 8 out of 10. But I knew the video was better than that. Mm -hmm. And I knew that it was meant for a larger audience. But mm -hmm. something about my thumbnail and the title was not appealing to people. So I switched them. And it's having an uptick. I've That's seen that awesome. multiple times. And so you have full permission from Nate here and Anna um, to adjust mm -hmm. after you publish a video. And especially if you're stuck in this question, make it a hyper focus. And maybe for your next 10 or so videos, publish and watch real time. How is that video performing compared to other videos? Mm -hmm. Do I need to adjust things? Try alternates. Or even when you're producing the video, if you have multiple titles like ready, set, Start with your most likely, and if that one doesn't seem to be working, swap it out. Watch for the next two hours, then swap it out and watch yeah. for the next two hours. I was just going to mention that same thing. You know, have an idea. At least, you know, some YouTubers, and I'm not saying you should do this right now as more of a beginner, have alternate thumbnails already ready to go before they even publish the video. Yeah. And they watch what happens and swap it out. Now, I'm not saying you should do that because that's extra work, but uh, like Nate said, maybe just have alternate titles and maybe ideas for alternate thumbnails that you can whip up <laughs> in the event that uh, your video is not performing as you thought it should or would. Yeah. And you can decide how much time you take yeah. on this. It's a good point because yes, I, the number of times I've seen very large channels on YouTube published with one thing and then I come back a few hours later and it's different and it's all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think the average, I, I don't know, people don't normally watch for that but I've seen that happen so many times It's because they're doing this mm -hmm. and they're hyper-focused on it. Go ahead. Yeah, I actually um, have experience in this. Uh, recently, I oh, nice. I published a, a video with a thumbnail that I realized the video just wasn't doing very well. And I thought it was because of the topic, but it actually was because of the thumbnail. People just didn't really get a good sense of what the, the video was about, even though I had it in the title. So I swapped the thumbnail made it more clear, made it easy to look uh, look at, and also put some more text on there. The actual original thumbnail didn't have any text, but it just wasn't telling the story enough. So I switched out the thumbnail, and uh, that video ended up getting way more views um, in proportion to what it was getting before. So it can work. Nice. Yeah. I love it. Okay, next question here is, is the content interesting? Is your content interesting? Now this can be 
harder to judge than you may think. But this is, I mean, from the outward facing, uh, the, the commonly asked question, how do I increase video engagement and average view duration? This is what those metrics are measuring. Is this interesting? So we've gotten thus far, they've clicked your video, this is great, they're in your video. Is it interesting? Now, there's a variety of ways to go about answering this question. Um, unfortunately or fortunately, oftentimes uh, we are a little bit blind to it ourselves. So asking for outside feedback can be a great way to do this. And so I could see community threads in the Project 24 community saying, look, this is a video. I published it. It's live on my video. But intentionally asking, how interesting is this video? And in fact, if you publish a video in there with with you say, hey, I published this video, how interesting is it? And then ask for that specific feedback. Um, you'll get lots of great feedback because the thing is, interest spans beyond just niche appeal. It's not just about, oh, is it interesting to a specific audience? It's, is this simply a interesting delivery of the content, no matter what the audience is? Yeah. And the nice thing about the community is you've probably never met these people in person. So I feel like it's a little bit easier to post that. Maybe not for some, but for me, like if I were to post it with my family or my best friends or something, I would just be like cringing if they didn't like the video, you know, <laughs> or if it wasn't interesting, but from pretty much strangers, you know, uh, I feel like most people are open to that more critical feedback. Oh, and I like that. And, and this is, I'm realizing why I was wanting to be specific about the ask for this because don't ask people in the community or your friends or family, do you like this video? Don't ask that. Mm -hmm. That's the wrong question. The right question is, was this video interesting to watch or how well did this video keep your attention? Ask mm -hmm. questions like that yeah. because you're going to get much more solid answers from people. And uh, depending on how big of a friend you, you are with them, <laughs> you can say, at what points during this video did you lose interest? At what points do you were your interest kept? Um, because that's going to start giving you real, like, meaty answers to what about your delivery of your content is good versus not good. Mm -hmm. I love that. <laughs> I'm just really, I'm like, I hadn't thought of it that way before. That was really cool. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, no yes or no questions, you know? <laughs> yeah. But if you ask people, like, a yes or no question, they're probably going to answer it with a yes or no, and that's not helpful to you. You want to um, ask it with a open-ended question so people will elaborate why. What was not interesting about this video in particular? I, I like that so much. I'm like noting it down while we're recording this. Well, uh, the reason this comes from experience is being a reporter and trying to interview four and five-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> if you ask them a yes or no question, which I, I always did like I always asked um, open-ended questions, uh -huh. but for, for some reason they still answer it with one word. <laughs> but if you ask a, a four or five-year-old a yes or no question, they're going to answer yes or no with no elaboration. Oh, so I love that. We're not far off from that. <laughs> no, that's a great, great point. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. All right. So is your content interesting? There's a variety of ways of measuring that. You also have access to your analytics to measure that average view duration, uh, spikes, dips, continuous segments, or they've changed the name. I can't remember what they call it. Interesting portions. I don't something remember what like they call that. it. Something yeah. like that. Now, it used to be called continuous segments. Um, those are things in your analytics you can measure, right? Mm -hmm. But there's nothing quite like getting real human feedback on how interesting was this video, really. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> Lay it on me there. <laughs> Lay it on me. <laughs> now, this 
question purposely, I put before uh, this next question, because the next question is, is the content quality? Okay. Now this is different than interesting. And on YouTube, interesting is more important than quality. If you you take that away from this uh, podcast, if nothing else, I, I hope you're getting a lot from this, but interesting is much more important than quality. And by quality, I mean, uh, camera quality, editing quality, uh, audio quality, all of those, you know, sleek, cool transitions, you know, all of those things, interesting content will always trump quality, mm-hmm. always on YouTube. Yeah. And, and that's super great and important too. Uh, but it's not as important as the beginning in the beginning rather than um, being interesting. I see this you know, and I'm guilty of this myself too, but uh, I've seen channels where everything is on point. Their lighting, their video is very clear. It looks like they've got a great camera. They've got the great background, um, great composition, and everything's perfect about the video. But I try to watch the video and realize I don't even know what the video is about (laughs) because I (laughs) am having a hard time just paying attention to it. So that's a bad sign. I'd rather like to see a video that just captures my attention mm-hmm. aside from their quality of the video. Yeah. If I were doing a tutorial video, video, if you were to come to me or if I were to go to myself and say, look, which of these is better? Me, just janky me with some odd lighting with a whiteboard and I'm just really into it and explaining something versus me with some super professional uh, slides and all of that which would you recommend? I would choose the first one in a lot of cases. Now, again, this isn't a discussion of you shouldn't have quality. It's more of intentional quality. And okay, so that's the one element, but also, so what we're looking at in this question is how's the the visual? How how good is my image quality? Mm -hmm. Um, There's a purpose. There's a reason this comes later on in this questions because it's not as important. I think you're getting that this up to this point, but I am going to start looking at how's my image quality? How's my audio quality? Um, how are, how is the editing quality? How are these, a lot of these factors that do contribute to engagement and making appealing videos and delivering the content, all of those previous things. Um, but I, because I do want to start looking at those because at a certain point, based on audiences expectations, if you don't have the quality, it can actually dock your, I don't know, subconscious score in their mind. (laughs) They don't, they often aren't aware of this, but if, for example, you're doing, you're teaching real estate and it it's uh, really unquality, like blurry image. The audio sounds like you're in an echoey room, and that's it. Um, it can potentially dock their perception of you, depending on your goals and the type of audience you're trying to attract. Well, yeah, in that particular example, you expect a real estate agent to be professional, right? Because it's a mm-hmm. professional type of career. And so if their video is, yeah, like janky and dark and um, bad quality, it kind of reflects on your professionalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes you feel like, uh, I don't know if they actually know what they're talking about. Yeah. Should I trust this person? Yeah. I, I guess from personal experience, this also applies to thumbnails, um, thumbnail images. Because in the past, I have uploaded images for a thumbnail that were just a single, this is just what I've learned for the channel makers audience, uh, a, a single image. I was like, hey, I'm going to try it without any words. It's just me snapping a photo of myself, a selfie photo. And the video didn't do as well mm-hmm. because the expectation from the audience was a little bit more polished, a little bit nicer, and maybe for a few words. And so I'm glad I made adjustments like that. And I picked up on that sooner rather than later because... 
um, some of those videos are some of the highest viewed videos on the channel because I was aware of that and I realized this this image needs a little bit of polish. Mm. Now that could be color correction, that could be post editing in Photoshop or Canva or whatever tool you're using. There's a variety of things you can do, but you do want the thumbnail and your video image, honestly, all of these factors to be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you said, especially when you have this sort of expectation um, from your viewers, you've been doing this kind of theme all the way through and then you throw in something like that. It's always good to try new things, but they've already got that expectation. Yeah. And the other big thing is eliminating distractions. If the quality is a, is a distraction, that's not a good thing. You kind of want to, in many cases, unless you're purposely doing very cinematic, visually beautiful things and people are watching for that, the audience expectation is that. In many cases on YouTube, you're looking for engaging, but not distracting either with really good quality or really bad quality. You're looking for a middle ground where they don't even realize it's happening. <laughs> right. It's pretty cool. Um, and also, I just wanted to stay here. Don't get the approach to these questions inverted because like Anna was saying, like you were saying, um, there are channels that go into it and they say, I just need the right equipment. I need all of these things and they get it all perfectly set up, but they don't know how to be interesting on camera or just create an interesting piece of content. It can actually backfire. And so that's why this one's later down in the list. It is important, but yeah. the other factors are important to have before this. Yeah. Both are important, but video quality, amazing video quality will not necessarily compensate for not being interesting. Yep. (laughs) Well said. All right. One more question on this. Has enough time passed or have I published enough videos? This one is important because it acknowledges the factor that sometimes, even if you perfectly got all these other things, sometimes you just need enough time for the audience to find you, for the algorithm to classify you, to give you topical authority. All of those factors. Has enough time passed? Have I published enough videos? Do I have enough practice for all of these things? It's kind of a really, uh, what's the word? Calming, I don't know, relaxing thing to realize, look, these questions are good. You want to answer them wherever you are. But along the way, sometimes it's just a matter of just keep publishing. You're doing good. You're doing fine. Um, in one of the videos you made for channel makers, I can't remember what it was exactly, but you had an example of a lady that, um, was publishing videos and they were really, really good, but she had a a really good hit. And, um, you said that it was great because once she had that hit, it kind of became viral, but then she already had all these great quality videos on her channel. So she was ready for that audience to come. Mm. If it would have been early on and she didn't have that much experience in all these videos, her audience wouldn't have had much to stay for. So there's something to be said about just just being ready, I having all of those under your belt. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. As far as uh, numbers, usually what I'm looking at is at least 100 videos or nine or more months. Those are the current take on it. Um, just if you're below that, just just keep going. You're doing good. Okay, now it's worth mentioning, not as in-depth, but a few odd cases um, um, when you're feeling like YouTube hates you. We're tying it back <laughs> to this theme here, right? There's a few odd cases that we won't discuss as in-depth, as in but they're things to be aware of and potentially future podcast discussions about. The first one is, is my channel wrongly classified by the, by the algorithm? Now, we don't 
know this. We can't like ask the algorithm, hey, who do you think my audience is? Wouldn't that be cool? Maybe someday, <laughs> right? <laughs> you that never know. That would be great. <laughs> or have a support tech like go into yeah. the code and see, okay, what? how is my channel? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what you can do is, so the reason, first of all, why this is important is because I've seen examples of channels that started out a certain way or had a certain video kind of unintentionally go big or a few different videos unintentionally go big about a certain topic. And then they realized down the road, I want to change that. And it feels like the algorithm is stuck in the past. I don't, I haven't run tests on this, but I've seen enough examples to start to get kind of a sense that something like this could be happening with the algorithm. Mm -hmm. Now I have to bet that the algorithm goes off of the strongest indicators. And if you have, a video or a piece of content that's classified a certain way by the algorithm and the algorithm sees, oh, this channel did very well with this video and this is the audience profile. Therefore, it's got a lot of strong signals for that piece of content. You following so far? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if I start to go a different direction <clears throat> and I don't have enough <clears throat> data to give the algorithm new signals, then it might be stuck with the old signals. That's how I'm seeing it thus far. This, this could be disproven. But wh why does that matter is, is answering this question. Is my channel wrongly classified? Mm -hmm. And so here's what, here's what I would do if I was looking at this just to check in on this. This is much more of an odd case. It's rarely this case because the algorithm's getting better and better and all that, right? But it could be the wrong audience. So you can look at what videos on your channel consistently get views over time. Like if you have some older videos that just keep getting views and they're in a very different topic or a different seg segment or niche, huh, that might be something to look at. That might be the algorithm just keeps saying, well, look, there's data. I keep getting data. It keeps feeding me data that this other audience like this channel. But when I show this other audience this new content, they don't like it. Mm -hmm. See what I'm doing? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So looking at those indicators, sorry, you had... No, had I was just going to say, this reminds me of a, an example that... Um, do you remember when we were at uh, in St. George for that event last year in May and um, Jim uh, was working with one of our members and he said he had just uh, put that member's videos up and, and played them all night long on a, on a brand new channel, um, I guess from the viewer's perspective. Uh -huh. The view, like the channel didn't have any history of watching anything. So it was like a, a brand new channel and had... Um, this member's video is just playing all night long to see like the next day what YouTube would suggest that person watch. Yep. So if you really want to run an experiment, you could start a brand new uh, YouTube channel that you don't have any history on and have uh, all of your videos play and see what it suggests for you. That's a very good point. It could even just be like a YouTube profile, mm -hmm. like even without a channel, YouTube, just yeah. a login. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just play a bunch of your videos. Yeah. Like as in all of your videos <laughs> and then just go to the homepage, go to the suggested, yeah. see what's brought, given to you. Because mm -hmm. that actually, I didn't think of that. That's a great point. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. you brought I'm that glad up. I'm glad you um, distincted. What am I saying? Distincted? Distinct. <laughs> I'm glad. You, uh, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm running a blank also. <laughs> it's afternoon right now. I drew the distinction. Yeah, you drew uh, the distinction <laughs> between a profile and channel. I'm glad I distincted. <laughs> <laughs> wow, words are hard. Oh man, yeah, you're doing great. No, that is good. It drew a distinction there um, because, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's actually another great way to look at it. Mm -hmm. um, so it could be the wrong audience. It could be not quite, your content isn't quite right for the audience you're <clears throat> targeting. Like you haven't quite cracked that yet. Mm -hmm. So you just haven't shown it yet. 
or you're not giving them a strong enough reason to watch your content versus other channels content. Like your, your content should have a reason to watch it versus other channels content in your same industry, your same drafting area. You should have reasons. Mm-hmm. Why is yours better? Is it more interesting, more engaging, like more in depth, like more funny, like all of those things. You need those factors, right? And then the last uh, factor in this channel wrongly being classified by the algorithm is it's possible you just don't have enough topic authority yet. And if you're not familiar with that term, uh, you can go listen to a previous podcast episode where we were talking about topic authority Um, because that's a really good point to bring up there. Okay, a few more questions just to really check in. So we checked in your channel, a few odd cases, the algorithm. I want to check in with you. (laughs) Like with you as the channel maker, these are the questions I would ask myself. First one is, am I enjoying what I'm doing? Because it's going to come through in everything you do. Like, am I enjoying it? Am I feeling frustrated at my audience? Am I feeling annoyed? Am I feeling like I hate making videos? You know, a lot of those questions to be asking yourself. And the thing is, nobody's going to enjoy everything about YouTube. Nobody's going to be like, oh, I just, I love planning videos. I love recording videos. I love editing videos. Editing, I love, making I love spending time editing. Yeah, that's day. my personal one. I'm like, yay, editing. <laughs> it's not my thing. And I'll have a few times where I'll just take, I'll be in there like in the grind editing and I'll come out and be like. Your <gasps> eyes are red. From <laughs> I need a breath of fresh air. <laughs> editing, it's never editing. Anyway, but <laughs> anyway, all that to say. Uh, nobody's going to perfectly enjoy all of the factors. So there are going to be, you know, parts where you just swallow the pill and do it, right? But overall, how are you feeling about it? Like, are, are you enjoying it? Are you having fun? Yeah. It's going to come through in your with your audience yeah. and with your content. And speaking to that point that Anna had about if you if you have a video go viral or mini viral, whatever, and people go to the rest of your content, they pick up on those vibes pretty quick. Like, mm-hmm. do you like that? Do you like what you're doing? Because usually yeah. it means you're not very, if you're not enjoying it, your videos aren't very enjoyable to watch. Usually. Yeah. I hear this all the time in uh, masterminds questions. People aren't asking, you know, do you think I enjoy what I'm doing? No, they're not asking that, but they're asking questions like that go roundabout about how they're stuck and they're, they just don't know what to do next. Is their channel working? Is this their vision? And at the, you know, after that, I'm like, are you passionate about what you're doing? <laughs> yeah. And a lot of times they kind of have to think and, and ponder that. Like, yeah, I don't know. I yeah. feel like I am a little burnt out. Yeah, no, I, I love that you brought that up because sometimes it can be burnout. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's we've lost sight mm-hmm. of it, of why we're doing it. Or sometimes we just need to focus more on the parts we do enjoy and outsource the parts we don't. Yes. Uh, like editing. <laughs> yeah. Get someone to edit your videos, you right? You can do that, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, we, we are doing. Anyway, okay. Okay, so that's the first one. Next one, check in with yourself. Am I making content that I care about? Now, this is connected with the enjoying one, but it's slightly different because even if it's not you're like super passionate about lawn care, let's say your channel's about lawn care, right? Even if you're not like, this is my do or die. I'm like, I love this. I love lawn care. Even if you're not like that, but do I care about it at least? Do I care about making content that helps people? Do I care that my content does help people or is entertaining or is um, just makes people's lives better? Do I care about those things? That's uh, so a little just check-in 
And because if you're not, um, chances are you just got your priorities off. Your, your motives are a little janky. <laughs> and so it's just a little realigning. Just getting back in on why am I doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually just had a ma- mastermind yesterday and a blogging one, but it, it fits. Uh, a member who's been working really hard on her blog for uh, six months or so now. She's in the ghost town phase and the ghost town phase is, is very evident in, in blogs. Like it takes a long time for your content to rank. And so she's just not getting those little nuggets of motivation, but I know she really, really cares mm. about her topic. She lives it every yeah. single day. And sometimes that can be hard, but, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want her to give up. And so I just said, you know, maybe it's time for you to just take a little break from your blog and let yourself miss it a bit or see if you miss it. I'm talking like one week or so, yeah. maybe two weeks, just don't touch it and um, let yourself come back to it and kind of reignite uh, that passion, but that care, <laughs> I guess. That is such a good idea. Thank I you. love that. That's so good. <laughs> this is why we have Anna on the podcast. I hope you are enjoying having Anna on here because I sure am. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So I love that. And actually I wasn't even thinking of this, but I'm going to put my stamp of approval on this. If you're feeling burnt out, you're feeling like, oh my goodness, I just don't, I'm not enjoying this or I'm not, I'm not making content I care about or I don't even know if I care about this. Take a break. Really, take a break. Take a step back. Take a few weeks. Enough for you to miss it. Mm-hmm. I love that. And see if absence makes the heart grow fonder, yeah. right? <laughs> see if you miss it. Yeah. See if you start having some ideas come to you, you know, that yeah. type of thing. Yeah. Do you find yourself out and about thinking about, you know, your, your YouTube channel and and video ideas? Do you see things that remind you of videos that you could make? That's probably a sign that you still care about your uh, channel. That's so great. (laughs) Man, I feel like I learned something today. That was good. Oh, thanks. That was good. (laughs) Okay. One more question. This one is sort of related to the earlier ones, but it is something to just kind of check in with yourself. And that is, Am I fun or enjoyable to watch? And if you are, or listen to, if you're not showing your face or, and, or is my content fun or enjoyable to watch? It's just kind of a little check-in. Now you being yourself inside your own skin, you don't always have the best assessment of this, but this is why you go back to what we were talking about earlier. Is my content interesting? But also the bottom line is people watch content that's enjoyable to watch. And there's a variety of reasons why they watch. Sometimes it's just for usefulness and they just want the answer and they want it out you know, they're, they're, and they're gone. That's great. But in most cases, if it's enjoyable, if you are enjoyable to watch, if your content's enjoyable to watch, they will watch it. That's just how it works. And so just a checking in with yourself. Am I fun to watch? Am I, uh, is my content enjoyable? Mm-hmm. Is that, would I classify it that way? And a lot of times this goes back to, am I enjoying what I'm doing? And am I making content that they care about? Because <laughs> that comes off if you don't <laughs> don't care and, and don't enjoy it. It will come off as not fun to watch. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well said. Anything to add? Uh, I, I just think that you guys all have what it takes. But uh, with these, you know, little little tweaks, little checklist we have here. Really encourage you to actually sit down and take the time. I know it sounds tedious, but actually get your your pen and paper, your ink and your your scroll, whatever you want to do. Quill and your ink. (laughs) Yeah. Feather. (laughs) And uh, write these points down and, and just check in with yourself. Yeah, so go do that. 
Have an awesome week, and we'll see you next time. Project 24 is a product of Income School LLC. Results mentioned are not typical. The trademark Project 24 refers to the goal of some people to create a successful business in 24 months, but it's not a promise or guarantee of that success. Many online businesses fail because, like any business, it requires hard work, skill, and dedication. Before making business decisions, consult financial and legal professionals licensed in your jurisdiction. So in short, the only person who can make your business successful is you. We are simply here to provide information to help you along the way.